can check that recording out. Tonight, we're really kind of getting into the first sort of piece of meat behind this idea of inductive uh, Bible study. And so if you're a note taker, uh, it's a good time to take some notes. Uh, I encourage you to do that. Um, and uh, if you're not a note taker, you'll pick up some good tips along the way. So uh, follow along with me as we talk together. Now, I will mention, uh, kind of in summary, last time we began uh, this discussion on studying the Bible, we basically outlined the idea of an inductive Bible study uh, first, which is the idea that we're kind of trying to um, understand what the Bible is saying and what it's talking about. We kind of broke it down into three parts. The first one was to observe, and the idea of, of observation, which is really what we're kind of digging into tonight, is that when we come to the scripture, we try to look at what it's saying without bringing much to bear on interpret, interpreting it or bringing much to bear on applying it. We're just taking the scripture as it is. So we're looking at what is it saying, what's it talking about, what's the setting, the context, who are the principal players in the story, where is this particular passage I'm reading relative to the whole Bible or to the book that it's in. We talked about interpreting being the second step, which is the idea where we take these ideas of what, what's happening in the passage or the section I'm reading and taking those ideas and trying to understand what is it saying. So what's this, these verses or this chapter or this book communicating? What's the message that God was trying to get across to those who were first reading uh, this passage I'm studying or section I'm studying? And then finally, we talked about application, which is the idea of taking that interpretation and then applying it directly to our circumstances. So not just what does the scripture mean as a theoretical idea, but how does it directly impact my life and the things that I'm doing and my pursuit of the Lord. And so that's basically what we're talking about when we're talking about studying the Bible. And the Bible's really intended to be studied this way. You know, sometimes we come across a devotional study and that's a good thing. Sometimes we have sermons we listen to or Sunday school teachers we hear teach and they have good insight to give us. When we're talking about getting alone with the scripture, ultimately what we're talking about is this idea of trying to see what it says, understand what it means, and then figure out how it applies to our everyday life. And so tonight we're talking about really this idea of observation, that first step. And I want to give you some legs tonight uh, for you really even to use tomorrow. So as you get into uh, your, your study time. Maybe you just read a verse every morning. Maybe you read a whole chapter. Maybe you read a devotional with some scripture in it. Whatever it is you do, I want to give you some, and maybe you start tomorrow if you don't do that. I want to give you some legs tonight to help you to begin to practice this idea of, of observation. And we're really focusing on context. And you can see how context directly correlates to observing because you're trying to figure out what's, what's happening in this section of passage. Not what does it mean so much, now, what does it have to do with my everyday life, but just what is happening in this section of the passage? So now we're talking about context and the context of the scripture that we're studying. So first, the most really important thing uh, that we do when we come to the Bible, when we come to study the scripture, the, the beginning place, even really before observing and interpreting and applying, is praying. The most critical aspect of us getting into a study of the scripture is praying. And the reason why is this, because when we pray, what we're ultimately doing is we're communicating with God, 
And it is, when we talk about the study of the Bible, it is God who teaches us as we study the Bible. So what the Bible tells us is that it's foolishness to those who don't know God, and this is why. You can read the scripture and not know Christ as your Savior and understand facts and understand information, but there's a difference between that and knowing Jesus as your Savior and the Holy Spirit teaching you as you read, not just facts and information, but that this book is about the living God, the one that died on the cross for you and saved your soul and has a plan for your life. And so anybody can read the scripture, but for a Christian, we have the spirit of God in us when we become a Christian. The Bible tells us that upon accepting Christ as Savior, the spirit of God comes in us and we're sealed for eternity. Well, the spirit of God's not just there as a seal uh, for eternity, but the Spirit of God is there for lots of reasons, and one of those reasons is to help us to understand the Scripture. So when you are reading the Bible and you've got those light bulb moments, you know, those things that connect, or you hear a sermon on a Sunday or a Sunday school lesson on a Sunday and something just hits you, that's the work of God's Spirit and you teaching you what the Scripture's talking about. And so when we begin a study of the Scripture, we want to come first praying, praying for a few things praying that God helps us to focus, praying that God uses this time that we've dedicated to study to teach us, and really centering us on the purpose behind our study. Oftentimes, if you pay attention on a Sunday before uh, we get into our sermon and I open up our uh, sermon or preaching time with prayer, I'll oftentimes pause for just a minute before I get into that prayer, and that's because I'm trying to get my mind focused on God's presence here with us, and even then I'm asking God to help me to be able to proclaim the word through the power of his spirit. And so we begin even studying that way, because it is God who's going to teach us. If you're learning anything about the Bible as a Christian, it's because God is at work teaching you as he is in you, enlightening you, and illuminating, as the scripture points to, your understanding of the Bible. And so apart from the work of the Holy Spirit, we're not really going to understand the scripture as God intends for us to. And so we want to get ourselves focused as we study the scripture that God would teach us and God would equip us. There's a passage in John chapter 16, uh, thir verses 13, 14, and 15. And they tell us that the one who guides us into all truth is the spirit of God. The one who takes the things of God and reveals them to us is the Holy Spirit. So what we're told in the scripture is that when, when we want to understand God, and we want to understand what he wants us to do with our life, that can happen. And that happens when we study the Bible and the Spirit of God in us teaches us. And so we begin our time of study with prayer, asking God by his Spirit to lead us into truth, to open our eyes, etc. And so if you're taking notes tonight, that first step of your Bible study is praying beforehand that God opens up your eyes, helps you to focus on the Scripture and begins to teach you in your study. The second step of this inductive Bible study, really focusing on this idea of observing, the second step is to identify the context. So this is where we've moved really into our past prayer, our first step of beginning to study the scripture. Inductive study begins with a thorough evaluation of context, because I told you last time we talked about this, that what the scripture meant in its first iteration when the first readers were reading it is what it means today. So the scripture doesn't mean anything different 
today than it meant when it was first written. And for us to understand what it meant then, we've got to know a little bit about context. This is a different time than when the Bible was written. And so for us to be able to grasp what God was communic- is communicating through the Scripture, we've got to have a little bit of an understanding of the context of who he was talking to and what he was saying. One of the most important principles of handling the Word properly and studying the Bible inductively is to study the scripture in light of context because context always rules in interpretation so in order for us to get to the second step of studying the scripture interpreting it we've got to know the context or if we don't we're not going to interpret it correctly and then you can imagine how the dominoes could fall we're not going to apply it correctly if we don't understand context we're not going to understand how to interpret the scripture and then we ultimately may not know how to apply it and that's by the way how I've mentioned this last time, that's kind of how false religions can come about, is because folks don't understand the context, they sort of just dive into the scripture, kind of interpret it however as they'd like to based on whatever their worldview is, and then they start applying it in ways that the Bible was never meant to be applied. And so the way we avoid false teaching, the way we avoid being led astray, is by understanding the context of the scripture. The word context means that which goes with the text. So it's the companionship of not just the words in the text, but the um, surrounding setting in general, the, again, environment and those um, that it was speaking to in its original uh, writing. In in Bible study, context is, and this is a note for you if you're a note taker, context is words, phrases, and sentences surrounding a particular word, phrase, or sentence. It's been a little while for some of us since we've been in high school. Um, That's not like an age thing. It's been a little while since I've been in high school. And so you might be thinking to yourself, I vaguely remember the idea of context when I was reading literature for English or whatever. It's the same here for scripture. This is not not new information for for most of us. Uh, The idea of, is that the Lord calling? The idea of uh, context is this, uh, that's just a third phone call that I've had in about a week, you know. So the idea of context is the, the surrounding ideas behind the scripture, what is being communicated in the sentences, the words, and the phrases that are inside of uh, whatever it is we're studying. So when you think about context for a minute, think about the last time you studied a little bit of scripture. Maybe you read a verse, maybe you read a chapter, maybe you read a section, five or six verses, the, the context is what's happening around that verse, around that chapter, around that section, okay? And again, it's the words, it's the phrases, it's the setting, it's who is being spoken to, who are the principal players in this text, where is this occurring at, and what part of the biblical timeline is this occurring? Many of you have study Bibles, if you don't, I encourage you to consider getting one. Um, you'll, you'll oftentimes find at the beginning of a book uh, of the Bible, there's like a page that'll give you ideas behind context. So if you're looking at it and you're going, man, I, I don't even know how to get a grasp on where this is occurring in the biblical timeline, or man, I don't even know how to understand when this is occurring in, in even the book itself. There are lots of good tools out there that'll help you to understand a little bit of that context. That's not really interpretation, so we've not dove into interpreting yet. We're not just counting on somebody else's study notes about what the Bible means. We're just literally talking about time, setting, characters involved in the story. That's a little bit about context. 
and it's important to know. And so we have to identify the context, words, phrases, and sentences surrounding a particular word or phrase or idea that we're studying. Kay Arthur, who's a Bible teacher, uses the example of a trunk. So you think about the word trunk for a second. Well, what, is, what could a trunk be? Well, it could be a, like a suitcase, you know, a hard-sided box that's a trunk, or a trunk might be the back of your car. The way you know what a trunk is, is, yes, Bob? One more time. Thank you, Bob. Um, elephant's nose, another example. The way you know what a trunk is is by what? The context, right? If I just say the word trunk, well, that's going to mean three different things. You know what it is by the context. And so that's the idea that's presented when we're talking about context. How is the word used? What's happening around it? An important part of study, because context is determined or identified by carefully observing what is repeated in the text and seeing how it all relates to what else is occurring in the text. The third step, as we're trying to identify the context and this observe section, is to observe the obvious. And so when you observe the text, begin by looking for things that are obvious in the text. What do you obviously see when you read the scripture? Facts about those people, facts about those places, events that are the main focus of what you're reading. So what are the obvious things? Understanding context isn't that complicated. Look at the scripture, write down some obvious things. I would encourage you, as you're doing Bible study, to take notes. Because what you're going to find as you read two or three chapters at a time is you're going to identify things that repeat sometimes. You're going to identify words that occur more than once. All of those things, as you're writing them down, they give you an idea of the context. So if you're a studier of the scripture, and again, don't exhaust yourself over it. You can start with a verse, start with three verses, build up from there. But try to identify what are the obvious things that you're seeing in the text if you keep your focus on the obvious, you'll discover significant or repeated ideas, and these will in turn show you the context of the book, the chapter, and the passage that you're studying. The next step of this study of context is to deal with the text objectively. Now, when we talk about dealing with the text objectively, we're talking about not focusing on the subjective, and again, this idea of objective or subjective, we're just talking about what are the facts we're seeing versus how do we interpret or think or understand the, the scripture to be communicating about us or about our life or about some practical application. So the idea of, of taking it or dealing with the objective hits right back into the same neighborhood of looking for contextual words, setting facts. What are just the things that are clear and obvious beyond just repeated words, beyond setting. So we start basically with setting, characters, repeated words, etc. Then we begin to build into what are, what are the obvious things I'm seeing? Like in this verse, 
Jesus walked on water. That's an obvious thing that we're seeing in the scripture. We're not interpreting that to mean Jesus must be miraculous. That's an interpretation. That's not what we're talking about. We're not interpreting that to mean Jesus might rescue me when I'm in trouble. That's application. That's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about what does it say straight? Jesus walked on water. That's clear. Jesus walked on water. So we, that's a note for something that is obvious. So that's dealing with the text objectively, looking for things that are clear, don't require interpretation, past repeated words and setting. This fourth step is really building out from that. What are the things that are happening in the text that are just clear, don't require me to interpret or apply to my circumstances? As you do that and you study the Bible inductively, you are going to read it sometimes devotionally. And what I mean by this idea of reading it devotionally is this. Some of us are just readers and we're really serious studiers. Some of us, we began our quiet time this morning with six chapters of the Bible. Okay, I didn't begin my quiet time that way. So just so you know, sometimes for me it's also a verse. Sometimes it's more. If it's you today and you're saying to yourself, hey, I'm not diving into the scripture that heavily. I've got a morning devotional I read with a scripture and a little bit of a write-up. Then that's where you start. You start with that verse. And you're going to read the scripture devotionally. Your ultimate aim is to try to apply it to your life. Before you get into that, again, start with just a little bit of observation. Start with a little bit of contextual study. Start with a little bit of... Let me pull out my Bible and look at this verse that's in my devotional, but let me pull out my Bible and see where is that at in this chapter I'm in or this book I'm in. Look for those repeated words. Look for those objective things you just read and don't require you to interpret and make some notes about those things. As you do that, as you begin to study that way, you're going to begin to naturally sort of blend into interpretation because the more you've identified setting, the more you've identified characters in the scripture, the more you've identified key phrases, repeated words, the more you've identified objective statements like, again, Jesus walked on water. Not that means Jesus is miraculous, not that means he's going to rescue me, but just that Jesus walked on water. As you begin to do those things, you're going to begin to understand with a clearer eye through the teaching of the Holy Spirit in you, what is this passage saying? And that is going to lead us into interpretation, which is where we'll hit on uh, next week. So the key to all of this, and let me give you a, uh, some encouragement, some comfort tonight. The key to all of this isn't you seeing every repeated phrase, okay? The key to all of this isn't you pulling out every aspect of context. The key to all of this isn't you writing down every observable fact, and those are really the main things you're doing, Con context, setting, etc., observable facts, etc. The key to all of this is the Spirit of God is in you and is going to teach you. As you do this work, as you put in the energy, sometimes the time, maybe a little bit sometimes, maybe a lot of bit sometimes, as you put in the energy behind this work to understand what is the scripture saying, God is going to meet you there. God is at work in a supernatural way in the times that you're studying the scripture 
teaching you and equipping you because it is your God who put together the scripture and it is your God who wants you to understand it for your everyday life. And so if you will put in the work, and sometimes it is work, if you will put in the energy and the work to get alone with the scripture and begin first to try to understand this observation, the setting, this context, this, uh, these observable objective truths, the Spirit of God will meet you there and begin to teach you not just those things, but how to interpret what you're reading and ultimately how to apply it. So the last thing I want to tell you tonight, a couple of quick questions that you can ask yourself that will help you to identify the context. So all the things I've given you so far are kind of some, some framework behind the concept, but here's some um, basic things that you can think about even tomorrow morning as you open up your scripture, whether again it be six chapters or two verses, uh, as you think about context. These are not going to be new to you uh, because again, if you've been in an English class, you'll remember who, what, when, where, why, and how. We having a flashback out there? Who, what, when, where, why, and how. So take these notes. As you open the scripture, who, who wrote this? Who said this? Who said whatever it is that I'm reading? Was it Moses talking? Was it Paul? Was it Christ? Who is, who is the one that's speaking in the passage that I'm reading? Who are the major characters in the scripture? Who are the people that are mentioned in the scripture? To whom is the author speaking? So again, who is the author? Who are the primary characters? And then who is... Uh, the author speaking to? Who is it that um, this letter is written to? You'll hear me every Sunday, generally speaking, when I'm doing a sermon, I will talk to you about who, who the letter is written to. Right now we're in this 1 Corinthians 13. I, I will tell you Paul is writing this to the church at Corinth for X, Y, Z reasons because, again, we've got to understand what it meant at the time to understand what it means today. So who? What is the next question? What are the main events? So what are the main things happening in what I'm reading? What are the major ideas or major teachings that I'm reading? What are the main themes of the teaching that I'm reading in this section of passage? What's talked about the most? If you read 1 Corinthians 13, you would say love. So that's what you're seeing as part of the theme. What is talked about the most? Next is when. So when was it written? Again, another reason why a good study Bible is of great help, because oftentimes you'll be able to find that right at the beginning of the book that you're in. When was it written? When did these events take place? Or when will they take place if we're talking about prophecy? Where is our next question. Where was this done? So maybe what city was it done in, or what town did whatever we're reading about occur in? Where was it said, or where will it happen, if it's, again, something that hasn't come to pass yet? Why? Why was there a need for whatever I'm reading to be written? So why did Paul write First and Second Corinthians? Context will help us understand that, because we'll read Paul's telling the church at Corinth, for example, to love. So what can we conclude maybe is going on at the church at Corinth? They're not loving. Why did Paul write this letter? 
why is he devoted so much space to this topic? So if it's something like the book of Ephesians where Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus about what does a Christian life look like? Well, it's pretty simple. Evidently, the church at Ephesus needed to understand more about what everyday Christian living was. So why is this being taught with a whole book or five verses or six chapters? And then finally, how? How how is it done? Meaning, how is whatever we're reading about done? If we're talking about Jesus walking on water, well, how did that occur? Well, that, that was a miracle, right? We're beginning to move into interpretation. As I said, these things will blend together as you go. How is what I'm reading done? How did it happen? How is truth illuminated? As I'm reading this, what is the truth I'm seeing broadcasted out of these verses? And, and how is Paul doing that? How is Peter doing that? How is he drawing attention to some primary truth? As you do this work, as you think about these things, you have this principle behind observation. Even in this more challenging work sometimes of Bible study, you'll begin to see God teaching you. You'll begin to see God equipping you. You'll begin to see God moving from these observable facts to interpretation. And so I want to encourage you tonight to begin this practice tomorrow. If it's not already a part of your study habits in your own life, test some of this out tomorrow. Sit down with your devotional, sit down with your scripture, sit down with your Sunday school lesson, and begin to ask yourself questions. What is happening here? Who am I reading about? Who is Paul talking to? Why is this written? How do these things happen? And as you do that, God will move on you. And I want to hear about it, by the way, okay? So it's not like a test, but I mean to say, as you do this this week, so maybe now, between now and Sunday, talk, tell me about it. I want to hear about it on Sunday. Come, come let me know as you studied your scripture and you did this practice of observing, what are you seeing? And how are you seeing God help you to understand the ideas behind what you're reading? And then next week, we'll begin to talk about how to interpret those things that you're observing. All right, let's pray together. God, we thank you for this day and this place and this time. We thank you for your faithfulness and your word. And God, I pray that you give us the energy and the desire to study your scripture in this way. And God, I pray for rich blessings all across this church for each one that begins to ask these questions for those who already do. God, that you just encourage them in that. God, help us to have good, encouraging conversations together about how your spirit equips and teaches and empowers us. And God, I pray that for some in this room tonight who really struggle with reading, really struggle with studying scripture in a disciplined way, God, that this really begin a, a new desire and a new time of growth in their study of your word. And we just thank you for your faithfulness and for Jesus tonight. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you.